What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. country radio show wednesday february 27th no 21st 21st i was 
Rushing it. I was rushing a little bit, but that's okay. Hey, you know what? The weather is supposed to be nice out, and I'm glad everybody is here with us this morning for Hump Day. Right. Hump Day. You remember the Geico commercial with the camel? Yeah. That goes up to the guy and says, hey, know what day it is? Know what day it is? Yeah, well, it's Hump Day, so how about that? And let's welcome Alan into the chat room. And we have a great show lined up for you today because at 9 o'clock we're going to be talking with Dan White about his music, his career, whatever else we can come up with. And what do you think about that? That's good. I thought so. So, without any further ado, would you like to hear a song? I think we all would. You would? Yeah. Okay. Who would you like to hear first? I'd like to hear Gary West, One Piece at a Time. You know what? I think I can do that for you. Good. Well, I left Kentucky back in 49, went to Detroit working on assembly line. The first year they had me putting wheels on Cadillacs. Every day I'd watch them beauties roll by And some days I'd hang my head and cry Cause I always wanted me one that was long and black One day I devised myself a plan That would be the envy most any man I'd sneak it out of there in a lunchbox in my hand Now getting caught meant getting fired But I figured I'd have it all by the time I retired I'd have me a car worth at least a hundred grand I get it one piece at a time and it wouldn't cost me a dime you know it's me when I come through your town I'm gonna ride around in style, I'm gonna drive everybody wild, cause I'll have the only one there is around so the very next day when I punched in with a big lunchbox and help from my friends, I left that day with a lunchbox full of gears I never considered myself a thief, but GM wouldn't miss just one little piece, especially if I strung it out over several years. The first day I got me a fuel pump, and the next day I got me an engine and a trunk, and then I got me a transmission and all the chrome. Little things are getting my big lunch box, like nuts and bolts and all four shocks, but the big stuff we snuck out my buddy's mobile home. Now, up to now, my plan went all right till we tried to put it all together one night, and that's when we noticed that something was definitely wrong. Well, the transmission was a 53, and the motor turned out to be a 73, and when we tried to put the bolts in, all the holes were gone. So we drilled it out so that it would fit, and a little help from an adapter kit, we had that engine running just like a song. Now the headlights, they were another sight. We had two on the left and one on the right. But when we pulled out the switch, all three of them come on. Well, the back end looked a little funny too, but we put it together and when we got through, well, that's when we noticed that we only had one tail fin. About that time, my wife walked out and I could see in her eyes she had her doubt. But he opened the door and said, honey, take me for a spin. So we drove uptown just to get the tags And we hit her a ride on down made drag I could hear everybody laughing from blocks around But up at the courthouse they didn't laugh Cause the 
wrap it up, it took the whole staff. When they got through, the title weighed 60 pounds. I got it one piece at a time, and it didn't cost me a dime. You'll know it's me when I come through your town. I'm gonna ride around in style. I'm gonna drive everybody wild. Cause I'll have the only one there is around. Uh, yeah, Red Rider. This is the Cotton Mouth. In the psycho Billy Cadillac, come on. Uh, yeah, Red Rider. Negatory on the cost of this machine here. You might say we went down to the factory and picked it up. It's cheaper that way. Uh, what year is it? It's a 49, 50, 51, 52, 53, 54, 55, 56, 57, 58, 59 automobile.
Margie Singleton, Heaven or Hell, and we're keeping it going, and <clears throat> I know you want to hear another song. Yes, I do. So what song would you like to hear? Southern Outlaw Band, Country Road to Nowhere. You know, I think we can do that. i 
show don't forget we'll be done done by john we'll be john <laughs> i can't even talk this morning Get it can out. I? Uh, let, let me move the mouth around so you know um, 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 okay maybe that'll work we'll be joined by dan white at nine o'clock how does that sound that sounds better yeah that that does sound Much better. better well it, at least i don't sound like i'm from another planet yeah <laughs> and I, you told me there was a song you wanted me to play for you, and what song was that? Scott Sharp, 1776. I'll, I'll do that. Thank you. You want to take away my freedom? You want to take away my gun? You want to tell me what to do with a thing under the sun? Now listen up and listen close They tried it once before But history's gonna repeat itself They don't rule here anymore 
It's we the people, now we the sheep. I don't want your tyranny. Cause we ain't blind and we ain't deaf and we can clearly see. You tried hard to break us, but we don't want your fix. Maybe it's time to start this party like 1776. When the silent majority speaks up, you're gonna hear the thunder. Cause there's no place to hide, not even the rock you're under. Before you make your move, just remember this. We're gonna start this party like 1776. Lord 
Tammany Dove, all things Southern, and we're going to keep going. We got more music, and you know, there's a song that you said you wanted to hear, and yes. I know Alan wants to hear. Okay. Otis and the Gaslighters, Messing with My Mind. Tell me that you love me, then you say goodbye. Then you tell me that you want me to come back one more time. Oh, you tell me I should go, and then you say come back. Girl, I'll tell you this whole thing is giving me a heart attack. Girl, I wish that you would somehow finally make up your mind Either you do or you don't want to see me one more time Oh girl, I wish that you would somehow finally make up your mind Cause this whole damn thing slowly messing up mine Well, we ended up as lovers which you said was wrong and you said i should be packing cause you wanted me gone oh girl i'm out the door and on my way and you yell come on back girl i'll tell you this whole thing is giving me a heart attack girl i wish that you would somehow finally make up your mind Either you do or you don't want to see me one more time Oh girl, I wish that you would somehow finally make up your mind Cause this whole damn thing slowly messing up I'm running low on love 
Carissa K, fill me up, and hey, 30 minutes from now, we are going to be talking with, <laughs> uh, I, I know I'm, if my mouth will work, I'll be in great shape, Dan White. That's right. Yes, and who do we have coming up next? Josh Bearden, History. Best life for them. The mornings was coffee, the evenings was sweet tea. They thought they were making memories, but the story changed. Love fell out. They didn't see it coming, and it left a lot of doubt. Could it all be a mystery? It's her story to tell, or is it? His story It was written on Them four walls That empty king-size bed Tells it all Love gone wrong Never intended that way 
the hearts of two people went astray. But the story changed, love fell out. They didn't see it coming, it left a lot of doubt. Could it all be a mystery? It's her story to tell, or is it his story? changed love fell out they didn't see it coming left a lot of doubt could it all be a mystery it's her story to tell or is it his story her story to tell or is it history
We all pray for Jerusalem right now, and who do we have coming up next? We have J.T. Tuttle, Country Rock On. Doesn't need a helping hand She can hold a beer and whiskey Still drive him home at night As beautiful as an angel When she stands in the moonlight Country girl rock on
about 15 minutes or so and who is up next steve bearden second class citizen Cheating. By the morning I was leaving 
Funny how kids can grow in spurts. Funny how a child gets overlooked and hurt. One parent cares and tries to take the blows. One parent's spiteful, yeah, we all know. Check is in the mail, heart is on the sleeve. Few times paying bail, falsely accused things. Got my day in court, charges drop quick. Damages done, still I took a leak. I'm a second class citizen. I get every other weekend. Holidays that are even. And a Father's Day feeding. Didn't want the drugs to cheat Second class citizen I get every other weekend Holidays that are even And a Father's Day feeding Didn't want the drugs to cheat By the morning I was leaving Tires were squealing Now I'm a second class citizen
Doesn't she, Sarah Louise, my grandparents, and me? And we got time for a couple of more before we're joined by Dan. And who do we have? I'm showing the Barris Whiskey Ain't Free. But some stuff you can get for cheap. Not all of it. You can get some whiskey cheap, but not free. Not free. No, no, no. Unless you steal it. You can get cheap whiskey. You don't want it for cheap. I've drank cheap. I've drunk Yes, five o'clock, my friend. I'm whispering out loud to my head again. They'll take you by your Oh 
you make him mad. He's the devil's great grandson, and he's doing his best to tame the West till day that he is done. Where the grease with bats were stets and hats, and the bad men all run free. Where they sold the jail at a bargain sale, that's the land for me. Where the desert ants wear buckskin pants and help to rule the land. With the bats and the ants and the buckskin pants, I'll rule with an iron hand. Singing high ho, whoopie tie oh, ride em high and down you go. Sons of the western soul, sons of the western soul. And his eyes were fiery red Good men have tried this horse to ride But all of them are dead Now I won't brag but I rode this neck Till his blood began to boil And then I hit the grounds And ain't three pounds of good old Texas soil Singing hi-ho, whoopie-tie-ho Ride him high and down you go Sons of the western soul Sons of the western soul The jolt he gave my pride So I threw my noose on that old cayuse And once more took a ride He turned around and soon I found His tail where his head should be So I said, says I, perhaps he's shy Or he just don't care for me Singing hi-ho, whoopie-tie-ho Ride him high and down you go Sons of the western soul Sons of the western soul Upon old Sheriff Jim For a hoop and a holler and a counterfeit dollar I sold that nag to him But when he plants the seat of his pants On Skyball's leather chair I'll bet four bits when Skyball quits Old Jim will not be there Singing hi-ho, hoop-tie-ho Ride him high and down you go Sons of the western soul Sons of the western soul Skyball paint. Who doesn't love a little bit of yodeling in the morning? That gets the blood flowing, don't you think? We're going to do one more set, and when we come back, we will have Dan White on the line with us. Lori lays back at the farm. I was going through the attic the other day. I found an old yearbook dated 1988 There's me in my new prom gown There's you, the high school clown The cutest thing to ever come my way There's Eddie and the boys around his blue Corvette They had races on Friday nights He'd take all bets there was a high school dance on Saturday nights A rock and roll band and flashing lights And after the show there was a party down by the lake 
nothing like the sound of rain coming down on a tin roof. And on a clear night, we count the stars laying on the hood of your old red car in each other's arms. Meanwhile, back at the farm. Me and you never did run with the crowd. We knew what love and fun was all about. But meanwhile, back at the farm. Lay's back at the farm, and you know what? If you see Laurie and D.L. Dennis, wish them a happy anniversary. And we will have D.L. Dennis on tonight on the doors at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time, so you're not going to want to miss that. And we have got on the line with us, as promised, as delivered, Dan White. And how are you this morning? Uh, doing all right. Oh, bright and early. Yes. It's even <laughs> brighter and earlier than over by you than it is by me. Yeah, sun's just now starting to come up pretty good. Well, we got a blue sky over here, so I had to look out the window to make sure that it was blue before I told you. <laughs> yeah, it's been kind of gray over here the last few days. It's been cold for Texas. That's kind of weird. Yeah, what part of Texas are you in? I'm right on the Mexican border. Ooh. <laughs> That's not where you want to be right now. Yeah, it's a little bit uh, charged at the moment, I should say. A little bit. You know, I've got one of the artists he lives in, who I played just a little bit ago. He lives in Eagle Pass. Okay, that's an hour for me. Okay. I'm in Del Rio. Del Rio, I've, I've heard of Del Rio. Never been there. Uh, I was in, oh God, McAllen and Mission, Brownsville. South Padre. So I've, I've been down by the border before. Mm -hmm. yeah, it's a lot more uh, interesting the last two or three years, let's say that much. Uh, yeah, because <laughs> I, I know people who live in Brownsville and they say they don't want to live in Brownsville anymore. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about you and okay. your music. So the first question is, what got you into music? <coughs> and how old were you when you got into it? Uh, I've been playing music since I was a elementary kid. <laughs> I started out in band and 
uh, went into high school marching band, then I joined the jazz band, which kind of helped me open up my my playing and styles because I started learning blues progressions and things like that. And so right after high school, I graduated uh, and I auditioned for the army band and I actually made it right out of high school without any kind of degree or anything. So I went into the military for nine years playing music. That was wow. my main job. How many other people can say that they join? You know, they joined the army to play in the band. That was quite a few of us. <coughs> a lot of, of top tier musicians make the the military bands now. Oh, I, I know. Nowadays, they usually require some sort of a degree or some sort of a, how do you say it, real world experience before they'll take you in. So I was actually really lucky to make it right in high, after high school. So did you get to travel around the world? Oh, yeah. I can actually say I've been on tour around the world uh, thanks to our Uncle Sam. Wow. So you got the tour, get your name known out there, and Uncle Sam was footing the bill. Exactly. Uh, you know what? Have a better opportunity. So what instruments do you play? Well, I play pretty much everything because I'm also a band director. So I teach music on a daily basis. Wow. Uh, my primary instrument while I was in the military was bass guitar and tuba. Tuba. See, now tuba, you don't hear that name very often. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we, we really Most don't. people have a... Most people have a stereotype that tuba players are always the ones that are kind of slow and drunk all the time. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I always... It's a true stereotype most of the time. <laughs> I just always have the impression, you know, my stereotype of the tuba player was always the fat kids with the pimples on their face. That too sometimes. <laughs> so, you know, wearing the blood pants and the button-down shirt with the pocket protector in it. <laughs> I never had a pocket protector. Oh, okay. But you did have the flood pants. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I pretty much follow that stereotype. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so you play. So you are a band director, right? So now is that for? Is that for a school? Is that for a band? Right. I'm a, I'm a teacher. Okay. So you teach music. Is you teach in elementary school or in high school? Uh, secondary, which is middle school through high school. Okay, yeah, that'd be junior. Secondary is that that'd be junior high, right? Right, junior high. High That's what, or at least that's what they called it when I was in school. Now they changed the name. I don't know why. I mean, junior high. What was so bad about junior high? I don't know. A lot of times they'll just call it secondary, which means anything above elementary. <laughs> oh, okay. You know, we had. Um, I think it's important to have a good music teacher when you're in school, because if you don't have a good teacher, then you're never going to want to learn how to play an instrument. We had a music teacher when I was in junior high who, she was so bad that we were, we sat on these steps in the room and it was so boring that we'd rip the tiles off the floor and throw them at each other. Just to have something to do. Yeah, you sound like a percussionist. <laughs> They're the ones that are always breaking things and throwing things. <clears throat> the one instrument I did learn how to play in school, though, that I still know how to play, and everybody laughs at me about it, is the kazoo. Kazoo or recorder? The kazoo. <laughs> the plastic one. Right. You get for... 
used to get for a dime at <laughs> one time. Now you can't even find them anywhere, but that's okay because they must be very, very popular because every place is always sold out of them. Yeah, you can find them on like the, the cheap toy aisle at Walmart sometimes. No, I went there. I went there. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. They they've got them online now. See, you can't even find them because they're so popular. It's a serious instrument. I'm talking to a band director, telling him Kazoo's serious, but <laughs> uh, it's a serious instrument. See, I'm laughing too. But come on, Joni Summers, Johnny Get Angry, Kazoo Solo, Dion, Little Diane, Kazoo Solo. Come on, you see? So kazoos are very important instruments. Do you, they can be. Do you, teach, do you teach kids how to play the kazoo? Uh, only if it's specially called for in like a song that's published. Well, you need to teach them. You need to educate them. <laughs> so let's talk about so. Um, how long have you been a music teacher for? Uh, this is actually my 18th year. Now, are you now? Do you teach band or do you teach music? Because we had two different things. We had band class, and then there was also music class. I'm actually a band director. Yes, okay. I teach them how to play all the the main instruments, and then also march and stuff like that. You know, my niece was a my niece was in the marching band in high school and in college. She played the trumpet. Oh, okay. So let's talk about your music. So you start out, you join the Army, you join the band, which I think is very cool, and <clears throat> you're a band director. So what got you into doing music? I mean, aside from uh, the fact that you did music your whole life, but what made you decide to start doing music? Well, basically, I'm getting to that point in my life where I've probably got less days ahead of me than behind me. So I'm just kind of thinking, what kind of a mark can I leave on the world after my passing? And all my life, I've always been, you know, playing cover songs and other people's music. And I said, you know what, it's time I kind of do my own thing, leave something not only for the world, but for my family as well, for when I, heaven forbid, sometime in the future when I'm not here. And so I just started writing some stuff and sending it off to Nashville to be recorded. And now that's kind of where I'm at now, just getting my stuff out there, getting it heard, and seeing how people react to it. So now you said you started out doing covers. So were you in a were you in a band before you went yeah, off I've, on your own? I've been playing in a band all my life. Plus in the military, you know, we, we learn all different kind of styles when we go out and play for the troops. So it's basically just a big cover band central when you join the military and like one of the rock kind of groups and stuff and you go out and go around and bring morale to the troops. Very cool. So you've got a band now. Is it just uh, you or do you have a full band that you play with? I have a band I play with, <laughs> but they're not the ones that I record with. Okay. So now you're in Texas, and you re so you said that you record in Nashville, right? So what what studio do you use up in Nashville? Uh, Beard Music Group. I've heard of them. Yeah, the Beard Music Group is who I use, and it's a cool thing with technology with everything the way it is now because I don't actually go to Nashville. I just send all my 
digital files and stuff, and then they mix it over there, and then they send it back to me. Yeah, isn't that really cool how technology has changed all that? Because 20 years ago, you couldn't do that. You had to go into the studio, and everybody else in the band had to be in the studio at the same time. Now you could be sitting at home doing the vocals, and everybody else, the band doesn't even have to be in the same country. You guys could be scattered all around the world. Right, and that's what makes it easier for me because I don't have to always drive to Nashville from Texas every time I need to record vocals and things like that. And plus, with the music software the way it is, it's not like the old days. You'd have to do a perfect take every time or have to redo the whole reel. Now you can just cut out that little section that was messed up, re-record it, and add it back in there. Yeah. So everything's a lot better with the way technology's going for musicians. You know, technology and the internet has really been a blessing for indie artists, especially because prior to the internet, if you weren't played on the radio, nobody knew who you were except for, you know, the people around you. But now, with the right promotions, you could be just as big or bigger than any mainstream artist. The only downfall is that the internet's taken all the money out of music. Right. I mean, Spotify is pretty much ripping the artist off left and right, and yet they're still considered kind of like the the main idea of what the music industry should be. Oh, I, I know, and you get, what is it, eight-tenths eight of a cent per stream? It's like point zero 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 three cent. Oh, so <laughs> you get three-tenths of a cent. Yeah. <clears throat> wow, that's <laughs> I was giving you guys more money than they're giving you. Yeah, I wish we could use your pay scale. <laughs> you know it's amazing though. You do you buy download a stream and what what's the stream now? A dollar forty nine for a stream? Uh, well, if you buy it, it's about a dollar to a dollar fifty. Uh, it just depends on how they price it. And if you but, just go to stream it and not buy it, just to stream it. But if you stream it, it just depends on what the the monthly fee is you pay the the company. You know, somebody's making an awful lot of money, and it sure isn't the artist, are they? No. <laughs> um, In some ways, I wish we could go back strictly to vinyl and CD sales, because then the artist at least got more of it. You know, that that's the whole thing about Billboard today. You know, Billboard used to be based on how many record sales there were, but nobody's buying records. And so uh, that whole thing, they can manipulate that however they want. Exactly which it's really a shame. And um, I've got a friend of mine who he got three and a half million views on TikTok. <laughs> he was expecting a big payday from that. Right. He got a big payday. They sent him a check for $3.50. Three million views? Wow. Three and a half million views. Jeez. And he got the check for $3.50 and... I told him, don't spend it all in one place. <laughs> yeah. With the inflation the way it is now, you'd barely be able to get a, a piece of chewing gum. Uh, that's about, well, you can, buy, you can buy a candy bar. But not king size. Whoa, no, 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 not, not king <laughs> size. You go to Walmart, buy a regular size candy bar for, I think it's $2.40 now. But that would give you back like 90 cents or a dollar or something. Put it into your next recording. Yes. So, on your music, how many songs have you written so far? I've got six online at the moment, and I'm okay. working on my seventh and my eighth right now. Okay. Uh, through big records. I've got two of your songs that we're going to play this morning. 
And when you sit down to write a song, do you do, well, first of all, let me ask you, when you sit to write a song, do you have dedicated times during the day or is it when inspiration hits you? It's pretty much when inspiration hits me, like a melody comes in my head or some a rhyme scheme of some sort of words, and then I build it off of that. So now is it the words first, then the music, or the music, then the words, or a combination of both? It's a combination of both. I may, sometimes I may start out saying I'm going to write a song about this kind of theme or whatever, and then I'll just try to start humming stuff and get words to fit the way the music's going, or I'll have the, the music first, and then I'll try to get the words to fit it. So it's kind of a back and forth. Now, growing up, who are some of your biggest musical influences? Oh, what's funny is when I was in middle school and high school, I was a metalhead. And so I would learn bass lines and stuff based off like heavy metal groups like Iron Maiden, Metallica, Rush, stuff like that. But as I got into the military and I started seeing how <laughs> doing like a variety show, you know, playing different styles for people to get them involved, that's when I started leaning more into the the old-time uh, country blues and stuff like that. So that's kind of, it's weird that I've done a complete 180 and went from a rock background more into a, a country setting. Well, you know, people, when they change, when they get older, their tastes start to mature and they move away from, you know, they move away from what they listened to when they were younger in junior high and early part of high school. Oh, yeah. So when you were in the military, see, when I think of a military band, I'm thinking of, you know, like a big, big marching band with the whole brass section and the horns and the drums and, you know, just like watching a parade. Right. And that's part of the business of a military band is to do what we do parades and what we call pass and reviews, which is when they have like troop changes, command changes, things like that. But then we also have subgroups. I was stationed in San Antonio at Fort Sam for several times, and uh, some of the subgroups would be like a rock band, a jazz band, a salsa Latin band, things like that. And so, so it's, it's just a, like a, so it's like a regular band. So if you're doing a rock band, it would have a drummer, a bass player, maybe a couple of guitarists. Exactly. And so now, did you when you were in the band? Now I know when you were doing like parades and marching, you had to be in full uniform. But when you were doing um, when you were up performing or rock songs, were you in uniform? Yes, we still had our own uniform, whether it was a, a regular, as at the time when I was in, they were called Class A's and Class B's. Um, but we'd also have, like, subsets, like a lot of times when you see military bands now, if they're in the specialty groups, they have, like, the camel bottoms, but they wear, like, a, a T-shirt with their name and stuff, logos on it. So it's... It's kind of more of a relaxed setting, but still kind of uniform. And so you still, you couldn't get up there in ripped up jeans and a t-shirt that says no, Motley Crew or something. A, you still have a dress code. <clears throat> and you couldn't have hair down to your shoulders and earrings and no. piercings everywhere? No, you still had to be within okay. the military guidelines. So now, did you play everywhere on base or did you play anywhere off of base? Uh... Well, like the official ceremonies, we would do on base, but then we would also, you know, in our spare time, play off in lo local clubs, local restaurants, things like that. Okay, so that got you your start, because <clears throat> I was going to ask you the first time you got up on stage. 
how nervous were you? But since you were in the army band and you were also doing other bands, um, you got your taste of that pretty early. Right. We're going to play one of your songs. And besides, I, I love music. It's a passion. But the thing I really love is the backstory, how a song came to be, what your okay. inspiration, what you were thinking when you wrote that song. And we're going to do 22. Okay. So that song, um, that's my take on just the whole mental health issue with the military service men and women right now. A lot of them, you, you think Uncle Sam trains us to do a certain mission. We go, we accomplish that mission. But then as soon as the mission's over, we're kind of left to do our own thing to survive in the world. So this was my attempt to kind of bring to light the mental health issues that are facing um, the, our service members. Uh, a lot of times it's depression, it's uh, people that have been injured, they don't know how they're going to survive because of their injuries, things like that. The number 22 is basically the national U.S. average of veterans who commit suicide each day. Wow. And so I wanted to bring awareness not only to the problem but also offer hope, you know, hopefully any veteran that's in that dark place will hear my song and maybe they'll, they'll seek help. Are you involved in any organizations that help veterans? Uh, I, I partnered with one called the North Texas uh, Golf, uh, and they help veterans by playing golf, basically. Okay. They take them out and teach them how to play golf, put them in tournaments and things like that. You know, I've known so many. I've known so many people that have gotten out of the service, and it's really sad because one day you're standing there, you're firing your rifle, shooting people, and the next day you're walking down Main Street, mm -hmm. and it's really uh, hard to can't ever get out of that military mode. They're stuck in it forever. Flashbacks, things like that. Anything can suddenly bring back. You know, especially if they've seen combat. So a lot of the veterans sometimes they just get where they don't think there's any use in going on and they become one of those number 22 a day, it's which is It's got to be a really tough thing, though, you, that they don't give you any transition period because didn't they at one time, I thought like during World War II or one of the wars, when you came back, they would give you a little bit of downtime before they'd release you back into society. Uh, well, they... Like, when I got out, they give you a few weeks to, like, set up your resumes and look for jobs and things like that, but that's pretty much it. Now, as far as mental health goes, we do have VA, but VA has a lot of cracks that people fall through. Well, I applaud you for, I applaud you for supporting veterans, you know, helping the veterans. And... I do like this song, so we're going to give this song a listen right now, and you're tuned into the Black Dog Indie Country Radio Show. We are talking with Dan White this morning, and this is his song, 22. Give it a listen. Eighteen and fresh out of school Living his life and trying to be cool Johnny's world changed with a telegram Pack your things and don't be slow 
For Benin's where you gotta go We're sending you to Vietnam All things I want you to see All in the name of liberty Several friends would pass away Return home a different man Wondering why he's alive in God's plan Thought ending it all was the only way For the red, white, and blue When his world crashes down He needs some help To see life through Don't let him be a 22 Susie was an ex-prom queen Mommy and daddy gave her everything But her eyes were opened on that September day she watched those silver towers fall Knew she had to heed the call Marine Corps blues were the way Got sent to Afghanistan Where an ID took her legs and hands Living a life with many surgeries Times got hard and bills piled high Disabilities were denied How can she live with these injuries? Don't let her be a 22 Gave her body and soul for the red, white, and blue When her world crashes down She needs some help to see life through let her be a 22 Men and women who take a stand Protecting our homeland Away from their husbands and wives Fighting their internal fights With long and sleepless nights They need our help to live better lives
22 and I really like that song and that song's about veterans mental health and do you go and do you advocate anywhere um do you have any organizations that you support or that you go to and have you sent this song out to um veterans organizations uh there's a few online uh there's one called music for vets uh like one or two of those kind of things where music for veterans with post-traumatic stress and mental health issues that I've talked to and joined. Uh, there's another one called Until Valhalla, which is their main thing is 22 a day. So I, I'm trying to get them to see if we can make, maybe work out a partnership where they can use my song for official events and things like that. Since it's basically the same message, getting the word out there that, we got to stop the 22 a day. And I'm at 22 a day is, like I said, it's an average. I mean, really, I believe it's higher. But 22 is kind of what everybody's agreed to for the last few years. Yeah, but still 22 a day is still 22 too many. Yeah, exactly. Especially when we can actually give them help. Um, but like I said, a lot of people fall through the cracks or VA drags its feet on disability claims, things like that, to help them out, mental health claims. I mean, the VA does try, but it can be so much better. It, it could be, and you would think that, you know, the veterans are the ones who should be taken care of first before anybody because they're the ones that are laying their lives on the line to keep us free and protect us. Right. We don't even want to talk about northern states that kick veterans out to let people that come into the country illegally in. Yeah, that just makes my blood boil. It really does. That they care more about those people than they do about the veterans. Right. And those are the ones, the veterans are the ones that should be getting first crack at everything because they're the ones who, um, they, they sacrifice the most. Right. As we were told when we joined, we wrote a blank check for Uncle Sam to do with us as we want. Yep. It's unfortunate, though. You normally, when you write a blank check for something, you get something back in return and there's residual value. Mm -hmm. um, I do like that song, though, and so I applaud you for doing that. We've got another one of your songs that we're going to be playing in just a few minutes. <clears throat> if I get this frog out of my throat, I'd be doing oh so much better. I really would. So <laughs> now you have a, we talked a little bit while the song was playing. Um, about your live shows. And so you said that you play down in Del Rio. You have a band down there. Uh, right. We, I have a group that I play with. We play a lot of like Latin jazz, uh, jazz, uh, rock, country. Every now and then I'll throw one of my songs in. And so now is it your band or is you just jump in, in the band every so often? It's kind of just a, a group of guys. We get together and play every few weeks at a, restaurant down here. Okay, so how many members are in the band? Uh, let's see. Drums, guitar, piano, me, vocal, and auxiliary percussion, about five or six. Okay, so that, that's a good amount. And you're, so are you the lead singer in the band? No, I'm the secondary. Okay. That's got to be fun, though. you got to have a good time, and that, hey, makes your weekend so much better, doesn't it? 
Yeah, give us a place to blow steam off. <laughs> there, there you go. I, I like that. And how often do you play? Is it every weekend that you play? Uh, we try to do at least once or twice a month. In fact, they're playing tonight, but I'm going out of town for a doctor's appointment, so they'll be playing without me tonight. They've got somebody else coming in to take my spot. But it gives you the opportunity, well, it gives you the opportunity, like you said, to blow off some steam. And do you play at the same place, or do you move around to different areas? Uh, we're pretty much the house band at this restaurant. It's called Memo's Restaurant in Rio. Oh, very cool. So uh, they know who you are, all the people that go there, and so I, I think that's a good thing. Right. And the cool thing about this restaurant, the people that own it, they used to work with Ray Price. They were his touring manager, his drummer, and his bass player. Oh, very nice. I like Ray Price. Mm -hmm. We've got, so we've got the, the country connection there as well. We've got another one of your songs that we're going to be playing in just a couple of minutes, and I'm I'm intrigued by the title of it. So tell me a little bit about it, Political Incorrectness. So this was actually my first single I released uh, September of 22, and just kind of the climate in America right now is not too good. I kind of say with quotation marks. <laughs> to me, it's in the crapper. Yeah, I, I, I would say so. So this was my way of making a true country song and saying, I'll say the word, bitching about everything that I see wrong with the country and kind of just putting my spin on it. Because I meant really, what was country music? It was white and blue-collar workers complaining and just having you know, their way of getting their stories around. And they said it to music, so I just went back to the old storytelling. Well, you know, the great thing about country music, when it first came out, it, it told a story, and it might not have always been pretty, but it was always real, right. uh, which is what set country music apart from pop or rock, because, you know, those songs were always, you never knew what those songs were about, but they were always happy, happy, and country music was always just about real life, crying your bear, um, heartache, despair, good times, bad times, and they've taken that out of today's country music. Today's country music, you can't tell the difference between that and pop music. Correct. Which I think is really a shame, which is probably a reason why I have not listened to terrestrial radio in 10 years. Right. Uh, it's funny, I watch TV and they say who's going to be on these award shows or these... Um, concert things that they've got on TV and they list all the people on there and I look and I'm like, I don't know a freaking person on there. No, and like most of them, they dip their foot in country music to kind of get a, a following just so they can break into the mainstream pop uh, charts. Yeah, thing. that, that happens to a lot. Anything, we have somebody doing the exact opposite going from the pop charts into trying to dip their toe in country. Yeah, those are the people, I think, who are falling in the pop chart, and they're trying to reinvent themselves. Exactly. But how do you go from doing what they were doing, and we're, we're talking Beyonce, how, how do you go from doing the music Beyonce was doing to suddenly calling it country music? Just to, I think it's more of a shock value. I mean, wouldn't that be, I mean, that'd be akin to... 
uh, putting floppy ears on a jaguar and saying, yeah, that's a dog. <laughs> well, it's kind of like uh, John Schneider said uh, in an interview that you know a lot of the those type of people are kind of like dogs and they got to piss in different places to leave their mark. Yeah, it's just really disgusting that there's, and you know, the sad thing is that people who listen to terrestrial radio only, uh, they have no idea because they have been so conditioned to believe that the crap coming out of Nashville today is country music. Mm. No, it's not country at all. I mean, mean, true country music, I think, died in the late 80s. I would venture to agree with you, yes. And then when you had, like, Garth Brooks coming around, putting a lot of more rock kind of into it and soul and stuff like that, that's kind of when country started morphing or changing what it is now. I look back to 1980 when John Travolta destroyed country music with his stupid movie, Urban Cowboy. <laughs> and he destroyed it. And Nashville said, wow, look, we can, we can become Hollywood. And I think the final nail was when music videos came out. And they said, wow, we can really become Hollywood now. And so you had all these record labels from New York and Los Angeles come down to Nashville. And they bought up all the mom-pow record labels. And they merged them all into this one giant heap, and they sent people down there to run it who hated country music. I mean, the the, rec- the record producers who are in Nashville, they hate country music. I can picture them at cocktail parties, you know, drinking their um, martinis with their little pinky out, and people saying, so what are you doing? The guy turning around and co- sticking his fingers in his shirt collar, turning around and coughing and saying, well, I'm country record label. And so rather than try to learn to love country music, they just decided they were just going to change what country music was. Yeah, it's definitely transformed into pop. Oh, it, it has. And it's a lot of it's not even good pop. No. A lot of it's just trying to be, like I said, you got all these hip-hop artists' influences now in country and stuff. It's like country is nowhere near near recognizable to what it was in the 70s and 80s. No, no. Um, Aaron Lewis, he's one of the ones who switched from doing hard rock to doing country. But when he did it, he he didn't just, you know, morph a little bit. No, he, he didn't stick his toe in the pool. He jumped head first into it, and he's doing country music that is countryer than any country music out there. But we're going to play mean, even, even my songs would be more of like a 90s country feel. Which I, I like 90s country. Yeah, there was still some decent stuff in the 90s, but that's, once you hit the 2000s, that's when we pretty much got what we got now. Well, in the 80s, who were some of your biggest country influences? Uh, well, since I was a kid in the 80s, um, I would listen to kind of what my parents would, which would be like Conway Twitty, uh, George Jones, uh, some of those big staple houses. George Strait. Yeah. I really didn't get into George, though, until more in the 90s when I got a little bit older. Alan Jackson. 
person done in the 90s. And, of course, I, I hate to say it, but Garth actually kind of got me to when I started listening to country because, you know, it was closer to rock kind of feel. You know, Friends in Low Places, songs like that. Mm-hmm. Now, John Anderson, he came out in the early 80s, and I think he's the one who, <clears throat> after Urban Cowboy and Nashville started losing its way and they got rid of the fiddles and brought in violins, and <laughs> which, but it started moving more towards rock, and then you had people like John Anderson who came in with his song Swinging, which kind of brought country music back to its roots. Mm-hmm. Then when it started, when music videos came out and it started morphing back, it started becoming more Hollywood, Alan Jackson, George Strait, that that group, they started bringing country music back to its roots again. So there's always been artists that have been able to bring country back to where it was supposed to be, except today. Now there's nobody out there who's, because uh, mainstream, they they're not interested one bit in real country and they do everything they can to try to keep indie music out of people's hands. Well, they're also, in my opinion, they're squashing the whole reason of country music, like I said earlier, which is the, the blue collared worker telling their stories and having because <laughs> a lot of your, your country songs now are more left leaning. They are. But just remember, there are more people listening to indie music than mainstream music. Yeah, and that tells you a story right there why the record labels were worried. Well, when the internet came out, the record labels said, we'll take radio. And the indie artist said, well, okay, we'll, we'll take the internet. Well, there's more internet radio stations today than there are terrestrial radio stations. So indie music is definitely more popular than mainstream music, but they won't tell you that. Because then they would lose more money. Exactly, but they they don't want people to know that. But I got to tell you, I think indie country, I would put, I would take indie country over any mainstream genre, hands down. Right. Then at least, you know, they're putting their heart and souls into it and they're not selling out. Well, it's real music. I mean, these are people, you know, the great thing I love about indie as opposed to mainstream is indie country is, I liken it to what country music was back in the late 60s, early 70s, where it was really diverse. It wasn't just one sound. Everybody brought their own unique sound and style to the table, and it was all substance over style. Didn't matter how you looked, how old you were. All that mattered was that you had talent. And today, it's all style over substance. Doesn't matter if you have talent because they've got auto-tune for that. And it's all about fitting a certain mold and looking a certain way. Yeah. It's all about conforming to what they think it should be. I I agree. We're going to play your song, Politically Incorrect, and you're tuned in to the Black Dog Indie Country Radio Show. We're talking with Dan White this morning. Give it a listen. Driving down the interstate, got a load that can't be late, got to get it there by night. 
up ahead in front of me. I can't believe what I see. People standing in a line. They say they're against violence, but what they're doing makes no sense. Keeping me from my drop. Blocking everyone till the demands on that and done. This insanity has got to stop. Communism, white power, nationalism, and keep on the BLM. They like to tell you what to think, how to live, what to speak, the rules don't apply to them. They say they're only doing good, you're burning down neighborhoods, there's just no respect. Trying to make the world go woke, I think it's all a big joke, I'm politically incorrect. Every day, they got their hand on our last dime. Lockdowns, handouts, prices rising all about more people turning their lives to crime. Liberal TAs letting criminals out there pay no jail or punishment. At the end of the day, the innocent seem to pay thanks to Brandon and our government. The fun police abolish eyes, liberals pushing this advice. There's no law and order. Process and release illegals at the border. Immigration invasion, nothing on the news station. What did you expect? I guess coming to the USA and doing it the legal way is now politically incorrect. Actors, athletes, the media, and fake news. Giving their opinion like it's a religion, thinking we don't have a clue. Eating fact checks, boys and girls changing sex. To this, I must object. We need hardworking, bill paying, God fearing, and people praying. Become politically incorrect. Politically incorrect. I I love the title. I got to tell you that the title just I as soon as I saw that I was intrigued. I'm like, yeah, I like it already. Didn't even hear it. All I had to do was just see the title. So you told me that you are going to the studio and you're going to record another song, and it's going to be song number seven. Right. So when you get that recorded, are you going to make an EP or are you going to work on enough songs for an LP? Well, lately I've just been mainly doing singles, uh, but I've got like two or three ideas going, so maybe I may make this one into a EP if I can get the others written in time. Well, if you do, keep me in mind. I, I love EPs, 
And if you do release an EP, is it just going to be digital, or are you thinking of doing CDs with it? Uh, I don't know. I'll have to think about that and see what the kind of research how the physical copy that market's going. Well, if you do decide to do CDs, I'm old school and I like CDs. Okay. <laughs> I'm pandering already, so that that's okay. Um, if people want to know more about you, if they want to know about you, your music, your career, what are the best ways for people to follow you? Uh, I'm on Facebook under Dan Wesley White. That's my artist page. And then I also have a webpage, www.danwesleywhite.com. Okay. And all your music, it's on all the, it's on all the sites. Right. So they can find you on Spotify, iTunes, Apple. Are you on YouTube also? Yes. Uh, like I said, my stage name basically is Dan Wesley White. I had to add my middle name because when I signed up to release my stuff, there were Dan Weiss, there were Wesley White, so I just put it all together. Well, there's only, you know, when I went to look for you and I typed in Dan White, there's only like 10,000 Dan Whites out there. Right. <laughs> Which makes it really fun for me to try to find somebody because I have to go under each name and look and see, oh, is this is this a person? Is this a person? And I usually just end up getting frustrated and then I'm like, you know what, screw it. I'll just put their name on there and I'll I'll take a chance. <laughs> so sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Because you'd be surprised how many people contact me and say, you know, that's not me. I'm like, it's got your name. They're like, yeah, but I'm I'm not that person. I'm like, you could be. So, yeah, I went with three names because I figured that's what a lot of the country artists have are three names. So it hey, worked you, out. It works. It's easy to find me if you type my whole name in because I'm the only one so far. Well, see, there you go. So it's Dan Wesley White on Facebook. Make sure you go onto his page, follow him, like him, listen to his music. If he's performing, if you're down in the Del Rio sector and he's performing, go see him perform. But most importantly, stream his music. They don't make any money on streams, but whatever they're doing in the music business, it's the easiest way for for places to gauge what kind of following an artist has is how many streams. So if you want to support your favorite artist, stream their music. <laughs> now, I will have a... Uh one of my songs is going to be featured on a, a compilation CD set coming up in April through Texas uh, with a bunch of Texas artists. So I'll actually have uh, some CDs to sell that way with a lot of indie Texas country. Oh, fantastic. And so I'll probably be offering that up on uh, my website as well as on my Facebook page. Well, feel free when, when it comes out and you start promoting it, feel free to post it on my page. Oh, thank you. So how many artists are going to be on this compilation album? Uh, I'm thinking about 20 because it's a double CD set. Oh, very nice. And it's all, like I said, local Texas indie artists. Okay, so all the music, all the bands, all of the artists are all from Texas. Right. So, it's the Texas Country Music Association. Oh, excellent. See, I think that's important. You know, Texas is its own little world. And they really take music seriously down in Texas. Well, in some cities more than others now. Yeah, but I mean, there's still, it's, they take it more serious. I think there's more award shows in Texas than anywhere else. Right. 
And so I am looking forward to that album, to that CD coming. I, I still want to call them albums, but that's okay. How many songs are you going to have on there? Just one, or are you going to have two or more? Uh, it's It was limited to one per group. Okay. And the one that will be on there is the Saturday Night in a Border Town, which is my, my Tex-Mex country, kind of in the style of the uh, Texas Tornadoes. Well, oh, I like the Texas Tornadoes. They were good. We're gonna close. We're gonna close this out with Saturday night in a border town, and and Dan, it was great having you on this morning. You really, we talked for an hour. Oh yeah, <laughs> doesn't feel like the it. fastest hour on radio, isn't it? Yeah. Well, you. It was great talking to you today. I wish you nothing but the best of success, and you know you are welcome on any time. And I'd love to get you back on when this compilation album comes out and also when your next single comes out. Okay, no problem. And we're going to close this out Saturday night in a border town. Tonight, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time, The Dorks. That's me, Black Dog, my buddy Scotty out in Colorado, and, of course, Kim up in Canada. She brings in the Canadian contingent, and she lets me make fun of Canada on a weekly basis. And our special guests tonight are, I've got Derek Brandon at 9 p.m. and D.L. Dennis at 9.30. So make sure you're tuned in. And also... Um, at 12.30 today, Eastern Time, is Unhinged and Unchained. That's me, Black Dog, and my buddy Billy Bowles from KSSL. Right down in Lubbock. <laughs> How about that? And we, we bring politics to life. And you get to hear our opinions on everything. <laughs> it's not for the faint of heart, trust me. <laughs> Uh, you're either gonna you're either gonna be cheering us on or you're gonna be throwing things at the radio. One of the two things, but there's there's no in between. Dan, it was great having you on Saturday night in a border town, and until well later on today, be good, be safe, God bless, have a great day, everyone. Bye. <laughs>
while drinking my fill and catching the pretty girl's eye. Saturday night is for cutting loose, dancing to our favorite songs. It's like George said, blame it on Mexico all night long. And senoritas and margaritas and shots flowing all around. It's a Saturday night in a border town. Stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight. O'er the ramparts we watched were so gallantly streaming. And the rocket's red glare, the bombs bursting in air, gave proof through the night that our flag was still there. Oh, say does that star-spangled banner 